Welcome to the Introvertpreneur Podcast. Take a breath because you are in the right place and you can finally stop apologizing for being an introvert. I'm Tara and I've discovered how to thrive as an entrepreneur while being 100% true to myself. Now I want to help you do the same. In these episodes, you're going to find everything you need to build a successful service-based business so you can stop competing with extroverts and grow and market your business with ease. Are you ready? Welcome to another episode of the Introvertpreneur Podcast. I am so excited for today's guest that is joining us. Robin McNeil is a leadership coach who empowers women to discover and embody the leader within so that they can smash their goals and expand their business with integrity and impact. Welcome, Robin. I am so excited you're here and to get to chat with you. I'm excited too. Thanks for having me, Tara. Yeah, I love that you are a leadership coach and really empower women to step into that role. It took me a really long time to get there myself, but that it's something that has always been on the back of my mind, something I've been very passionate about since I was in the corporate space. Being a leader and being a woman leader, you're often your ideas are suppressed and you're treated differently. And sometimes you're even given names when you try to step into your role as leader. And it was really important to me when I left that job that I could step out and help other women to really discover that leader that is truly within us all. Even if you're not in a leadership position, there's the leader in all of us. And I think it's time that we as women start embracing it. I totally agree. And I love that. So I'd love to hear a little bit more about your story and how you transitioned into a leadership coach. You know, it's funny. I think like a lot of us, we come into the online world and we feel like we have to start at the bottom, which is not what we would have done in corporate. We would have found a similar position, but I started there. I started actually as a VA and did social media management and Pinterest management. And every single time I was working with a client, I found like something was missing. And I was actually coaching my clients more often than doing work for them. (laughs) But it was also like, I'm deep in their business and I can see ways in which they could be running their businesses more efficiently. And so I just removed that limiting belief that I couldn't step back into coaching. I thought that I had to be in that role, be a VA for several years before I could actually coach others. But that simply wasn't true. I had years, over 10 years of business experience, of budgeting experience, of marketing experience, of dealing with those difficult conversations. So I just took the leap and I went into coaching. And When I started, as you know, and this is actually how we connected, I was focusing a lot of my business on introverts. And that actually had come through a conversation I'd had with my copywriter as we were trying to develop my brand story. And something I said back then, which I completely ignored until more recently, was I really want to help people communicate that person that's within them. And I think it's really hard for us to do it sometimes. And so I had said that, but I had said that thinking that introverts would be my primary target market, I guess. And being one myself, I could see that there was definitely a need for us to have our own way of being coached. 
And so I went with that for quite a few months, probably nine months total. But again, there was just that little something that was bugging me, that little something that was missing. And it wasn't until I started reading the signs and reading my subconscious that I started to see that it was truly this role I had been in for 10 years as a manager and a leadership coach. I coached others that were on the same plane as me, other managers on how to manage their own staff and to be leaders for their own teams. And I had shied away from it for so long because when you're in that corporate space and you've experienced not so positive experiences, you take that with you and you kind of never want to talk about it again. You never want to deal with it again. But that's where my zone of genius was. That's where my passion was helping others be better leaders. And so I finally let go of all of those blocks and stepped into my role as a leadership coach. And it's completely transformed my business. You know, I'm happy to say that I'm completely 100% in alignment with what I'm doing. And I love being a leadership coach. Yeah, being in alignment is so important. I started as a virtual assistant slash social media manager as well, kind of doing all the things because I loved everything, marketing and content creation. And I named my business introvert coach. And I think I did that subconsciously because I was like, I'm not a coach. This doesn't make sense for my services. And I always, I avoided calling myself that other than the name. Like I didn't offer coaching and I didn't want to actually label myself as a coach. And I think it was because I just wasn't in alignment with that word. And also similar to you with corporate experiences that weren't very well, um, because I definitely dealt with a lot of issues that came up as I grew into a leadership role. There was a lot of gossip and rumors around it, like how I moved up the ladder so quickly and that really did affect me as I moved into this role. It totally affects women. It totally. And I say women because if a man had done that with those rumors and the gossip have happened, probably not. I was called aggressive sometimes when I was trying to take a stand on something. I was labeled a mean girl when I didn't agree with my counterpart's stance on what we were doing. And it was those labels by men, you know, by a manager Mm -hmm. who is a man that can be really damaging. And it does translate into your business. And I see it all the time, like just like you experienced, just like I experienced, we live in this fear of we can't do it because we've been told so many times before we've, you know, or as we grew into leadership, we were suppressed. And that fear comes up whether we realize it or not, because our brain is remembering that trauma from before and it's bringing it out again. I've seen your transformation and I've seen others who have been in this space And it's amazing to see you grow into that person that you're supposed to be. Like you're a wonderful coach. And there are people here that need you and need to hear what you have to say. So I'm thankful for this space too, because it has allowed us to really grow into that person that we're supposed to be. And I think to some degree, we can stay farther away from the judgment and we can stay farther away from the fear as we grow. It's so important to not let fear overtake you personally or business-wise because that will just result in holding yourself back from being authentic. And I love how you talk about building a sustainable business because that is one thing too, I think, 
even especially introverts, they try to do all the things in their business and put themselves out there continuously. And it's not really sustainable long-term because they're just going to get burnt out, which happened to me as well when I first started. So I love that one of your focuses is building a sustainable business. I think part of it came from working with introverts. We get so in our heads. And and like you said, like we're trying to do all of the things because we are absorbing so much information from people, so much information. And we try to be everywhere at once and we don't really need to be. I think that that can be slow growth. And I also think that introverts do slow growth and sustainability really well once they realize what they're doing. Once you get to that point of burnout or... Or you just get to a point where you're not loving your business. You start to do a lot more self-reflection because that's something we're great at. And that's when we actually step out into that leadership role. Because when you're able to actually look within and see, this doesn't make me feel good. This isn't something that I want to do anymore. Then we start to pivot and change. And then our businesses start to becoming more about us. And that's when people flourish. So yeah, with sustainability... It's an incredibly important piece of this whole journey. They talk about 80% of businesses failing in five years. I don't want to see that for the women that I'm here with right now. I don't want to wait five years and see that only one in five of those women is still here running a business. I want those numbers to change and I want them to change women because the worst thing I think for me is to see somebody close up their business because it wasn't sustainable and have to go back to a corporate job that they hated. I think that's a lot of people's worst nightmare is to, uh, that's such a sad statistic too. I started really focusing on helping virtual assistants and the number of accounts that Instagram recommends me to follow, like under the discovery Mm -hmm. tab that I go to. And it's like, they just gave up. They haven't posted in six months, eight months, a year, and their website is no longer working. And it's just, it's heartbreaking. It really is because you know, the reasons that they came here, it wasn't because I mean, I think to some degree it seems glorious, work from home and build, you know, build the lifestyle that you want. But there's also a lot of hard work that goes with that. You become an entrepreneur because you want a lifestyle for yourself. You want something more for yourself because any one of us could just go and get a job if we really wanted to. So it is really sad to see because for me, it's like I'm watching people's hopes and dreams disappear. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm hoping one day they step back into it. Maybe they didn't find what it is that they were passionate about. Maybe they didn't really truly step into who they were as a person, but maybe they will. And maybe we'll see them again. So I know you have a quiz about what kind of leader you are, which sounds really awesome. And I'm interested in all of personal development, like figuring out more about myself. So things like that, I'm just like, Ooh, I need to take this. Um, so I'd love to hear like, what are the different kinds of leaders that you've seen or that, you know, like can recognize the differences between leader types? So yeah, the quiz itself was based on a book by Daniel Goleman and Richard Boyatzis and Annie McKee, and it's called Primal Leadership. It's actually a book that's been around, I think, since the early 2000s, but I really felt like it applied. And so he talks about different leadership types. And so I thought it would be a really fun thing to make a quiz based on those leadership types, because I think these leadership types are really, it's what we see today. 
There's four positive leaders and then two leadership types that we use sparingly, if you will. (laughs) So the first is a visionary, the person who kind of sees that big picture. The second is an affiliative, someone who really likes to go along with others and bring them with them through a process. The next is democratic. So the democratic leader, of course, takes the pulse of everyone in the room and makes sure that everyone has a voice. And then you have the coaching leader, which really steps into their role as a coach, asks the questions, prompts the conversation, and allows everyone else to help make those decisions. And then you have the two that you need to use a little more sparingly. And that's the pace setting leader. So the pace setter kind of is that person who's in control of the room and who's really pushing action. Like you kind of have to to go with the flow and, and get in there and be in there or else you'll be left behind. And the last leader is the commanding leader. So that's more of your dictatorship, if you will. So the commanding leader is going to say, here's what we need to do. Here's what we have to do to get there. And so this quiz will take you through some questions that help lead you down this path. It's really interesting because I've actually taken the quiz a few times now. And I can find myself, depending on what's going on in the week and how I'm feeling that day, I can see myself actually becoming a different leader throughout this quiz. The part that I I like to share is that we are going to be a different leader at different times in our lives. We're going to be a different leader at different times in the day. It really, truly depends on everything around us, our environment influencing us, and how we feel. The quiz is there to have some fun, to try and figure out more about the different leadership styles, but it's also not something to to live and die by as well. I feel like the uh, dictatorship type of leader <laughs> is is um, well known in corporate. Definitely. Uh, would you say for a perfect leader, you have to be able to like tap into all of these traits Yeah. And I believe that because different people need to be led in different ways. What works for one person isn't necessarily going to work for another. And I know that having managed hundreds and hundreds of people, and I'm talking hundreds, (laughs) I had a team of up to 97 people under me at any one time. And so over 10 years, I saw this happen where I would have to adapt my leadership style depending on the person who is in the room. Some people need that commanding leadership. They need to be told Mm -hmm. step-by-step what to do next. Others need to be in the room and be asked questions to develop their own path or action. So as a good leader, and if you're leading others especially, it's really important that you're able to adapt and adjust as possible. So important with so many entrepreneurs who maybe their goal or they currently have a small team that they're managing, like to go from solopreneur to like having a team, I feel like is a huge learning curve, which is why I really love that we're talking about leadership, like to go from corporate where you're an employee to then your own boss to then where you have a team, it can be a lot of new learning experiences. And I mean, you have a very big team. (laughs) And (laughs) I do now, yes. Yeah, which is amazing. But it's hard. Like, it's hard for people, especially if you've never led a team before. Then all of a sudden, you're responsible for people. You're responsible for their performance, their goals, the work that they do. 
Like I hear it a lot. Coaches will tell you, go and outsource, like go and hire someone. You're not going to scale your business unless you outsource. And I always want to tell people to pump the brakes. (laughs) There's a lot more that goes into it than just hiring someone. And so I really, you know, if I can encourage anyone, it's make sure that you have processes in place. Make sure you have goals already for this person. What are they going to be doing every single day? How do they check in with you? How do you mark their performance? How do you have those tough conversations? Because sometimes those tough conversations are going to happen. And are you prepared for all of that? Because if you're not prepared for it, you really have no business outsourcing. And I think that's something that we don't think about. We just think, oh, I'm going to hire another professional and away we go. Speaking as myself and probably a lot of introverts, one of the biggest things I struggled with was hard conversations mm-hmm. um, because I'm I'm definitely a people pleaser and I don't like confrontation. I try to always be positive and helpful and I hate being put in, in, in that position where I have to tap into other traits that aren't actually normal for me. That is so common. (laughs) You know, it was even common back when I was a manager. And it was actually something that I got really good at as an introvert was being able to hold those difficult conversations. I think where you can start is making sure that you are communicating or over communicating, which again can be more difficult sometimes for, for introverts to be able to really overly communicate. But if if we have that communication to start with, we communicate exactly what we need from them. We communicate what our expectations are. We communicate what our boundaries are. Those three things can really help you to avoid those difficult conversations. But you're going to get them. And when you're in them, you know, you have to be able to manage them. And I think you can do that, just like you said, in a positive way. I think that everyone learns from their mistakes and they learn from these situations. We learn from them. You're not going to go into a conversation and be perfect the first time. It's about learning and then growing and doing it better the next time. And so I say, like, try not to be afraid of those conversations. Allow the person in the room to have a voice, but also continue to set your boundaries and state your expectations for the conversation that you're having. And I think that can be a really great way for people to manage those conversations. And also don't put them off. The longer you put Mm -hmm. them off, the worse they can be for you, especially because you're going to get in your head. Yeah. I've done that before, even just knowing that I'm going to have to have a difficult conversation with a client where I'm letting them go. I've put it off for months and then it's like now like I'm resenting the work that I'm doing and the relationship is starting to sour just because I feel like they can tell that I'm not as on it or excited about the work at this point. And now to have that conversation, I should have just had it earlier and it would have went a lot smoother. And think about all the time you probably wasted in, you know, having the conversation ahead of time, but in your head. I talk to my clients all the time when they're having these conversations and it's often like they're kept up at night or, you know, they can't enjoy their weekend. So yeah, just Mm -hmm. don't delay. It is hard, but putting it off is going to make it even harder. (laughs) Rip the bandaid. So I'd love to hear, what do you think has contributed the most to your success? You know, I would love to say it's a bunch of things, but it was really one thing. It was allowing myself to be vulnerable. It was allowing myself to be me, and that can be vulnerable. 
especially when you're someone who has a lot of walls up. I've been an introvert (laughs) my whole life. I think we all are, but I've embraced that introversion my whole life. And I never had like tons and tons of friends. I just had a few very close friends. And so the walls were always up for everyone else around me because you're told when you get into school or in, in the corporate space, leave your personal stuff at the door and put on your professional hat. I think when I came here too, I was just as much as I was saying, oh, you need to be authentic and I'm being authentic. I really wasn't, you know, there was still that level of corporate Robin that still existed for me. It really took a long time. Like I felt like I was removing one wall and then the next, and then the next, and then the next till finally I was fully open and vulnerable and saying, okay, like, this is me. This is who I am. This is what I'm passionate about. These are my opinions. Take it or leave it. Here I am. And it takes a lot of work, I think, to get there. You know, that moment was the moment that changed everything. That's so empowering to that moment where, you know, you feel truly 100% authentically yourself. There was a time where I would not even do a discovery call without makeup on, getting dressed, hair done. Now I'm just like, this is me. I'm more comfortable sharing exactly who I am. And it's definitely made a difference. I agree with you. I mean, I'm sitting here today, unwashed hair <laughs> that I keep playing with, but I, you know, I still have those moments too, where I look at, at other women who maybe have a more professional photo shoot and they have nicer profile pictures or headshots, if you will. And for a second, I'm like, Hey, wait, should, is that what I should be doing? Should I be doing this? But then I have to remind myself that it just doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. People aren't coming to me because of the way that I look. They're coming to me because of the words that I speak and the person that I am. Really, like that alone is going to make my business sustainable. I feel like even with the past year or so we've had that people are really craving authentic connections. Like I myself used to be drawn to people who had these amazing, beautifully branded photos and graphics and, you know, they were polished and totally on it. And now I'm more drawn to people who are real. Mm -hmm. I see a video or a reel where somebody is very comfortable in their own skin and you can tell that they're not like putting on a front that draws me in way more than the other stuff. Because like we're only human, (laughs) you know, so we're going to be attracted to people that are similar. I would not even do an Instagram story without makeup on. And I haven't worn makeup other than today in probably like three weeks. And I've been doing stories every single day. And it's an interesting change that happens. But you know, your people are there. They're going to be there. They're going to be watching you no matter what. And they're going to be more interested in you as a human than you as this corporate person. Especially with somebody who's looking to work with a coach. I think in general, people are not looking to connect with like a fake persona. They're looking to have real genuine connections. So if you can show up as you are, makes connections so much easier. If you're looking for a coach, you kind of have to ask yourself, like, am I looking for this connection for somebody? Doesn't matter what they look like, but somebody who I can connect with and really make a difference with, or am I looking for a hype girl? Yeah. <laughs> I feel like there's a lot of people out there too that that are they're just honestly just your hype girls. And that's fine if that's what you need in your business at that moment. 
but making sure that you can see the difference can really be impactful onto who you hire. That's a good point. I've never thought about it like that, the hype girl. Yeah. (laughs) I've definitely been um, curating my, especially Instagram feed lately, because there's just so much content overwhelm, especially with reels. Like I love watching them sometimes. I'm never going to do them ever. Um, (laughs) It's just a hard no for me. But I feel like if somebody is posting really cheesy stuff that I can't really connect with on a human level, I'm clearing out my feet and making it more authentic and and building real connections with people who are seemingly real as well, as much as I like to believe that I am putting out there. I agree. I mean, just like you said earlier, this past year that we've had, we're craving that real connection more than we ever have, I think, before, which is good. It's good for the industry, really. It's good for people to start seeing people for who they are and having that level of transparency. It's totally what we've been missing and it's what we need right now. I'd love to hear who are your clients or who do you typically work with as a leadership coach? I typically still work with introverts. They're my people, my loves. And I'm working with women who are, you know, they've come from usually the corporate background. They've had a previous position. They're most likely moms. And they've come into this space and realized that the business that they were building is not the one that they love. And so when they come to me, they're at a place in their business where they're ready for that transition. They really want to start focusing on their zone of genius, which quite often translate into becoming a coach or a mentor or some sort of strategist. So it's it's really exciting to get those women and see their transition and help them build that sustainable business. Do you get a lot of people before they hire you, but just reaching out to you in... DMs or email that are like they're doing something other than coaching or like maybe one-on-one services and they don't even come to the realization yet that that is what they should be leaning into. I think for many people, when they first think of their blocks, their blocks must be something to do with the way that they're marketing or their inability to do lead generation. And so when they start to search out coaches, they have this idea in their head that that's what they're looking for because they've had a hard time doing it. And really, when you start talking to them, it has nothing to do with that. It's the fact that they are doing something that's more within their zone of competence, something they're good at but they don't love. And it's helping pull out that thing that they absolutely love to do, that they're good at doing, that they're passionate about. That's what your business should be focused on, that zone of genius. And it's when they have that discovery that you get to see like the true growth in their business, just as you experienced too, right? When you finally step into that role of what you were supposed to do, everything becomes easier, it becomes more clear. Making money becomes easier. Marketing becomes easier. Generating leads, they just drop in into your DMs. And I think that's a wonderful gift to have. And it's possible for everyone. In my case, like I wish I had found you at that that point because I feel like my transformation, like it was very slow going. Like at first it was, I started as an e-commerce seller and everyone was asking me for help with search engine optimization. And I was like, okay, this is what I'm good at, but I don't enjoy it. It's very boring work. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm more of a creative person. So I got to the point where I was like, 
okay, I'm going to just open it up. I'm going to have slots and they would be taken within 10 minutes. And then I was like, okay, this isn't working. I still don't enjoy doing it um, after raising the prices and trying to feel like, okay, maybe if I'm making more money doing it, I'll enjoy it more. And then it was like, nope, this isn't happening. So I'm going to just remove that service and then removed another service. And so I feel like it was very slow growth. And I feel like if I had found you then at that point, like you would have transformed me and gotten me aligned right away. (laughs) I appreciate that. I think actually something that you said that is quite common as well is often these people, well, they'll find a coach and the coach will just start helping them manipulate their product suite or they'll tell them to raise their prices. Like if you're making more money, you'll be happier with what you're doing. And that's actually the wrong approach. Just like you said, right? If you're not passionate about it, it doesn't matter if you're getting paid, you know, $500 or $5,000 to do it. It's going to be a struggle Mm -hmm. and you're going to have a hard time trying to sell that service. So it's incredibly important that you're starting with something that you're not just good at, but that you love. Very important. Because I know I I didn't leave corporate to do something that I really dislike doing or what's the point. So (laughs) I know for myself, like I kept going with it. It was a means to an end. It was a means to not go back into corporate. And I was like, okay, well, if I'm going to have my own business, at least it's mine. But I'm still going to do things that maybe I don't love, but it makes me money. And so you live in that comfort zone for much longer than I think we need to. And we do it just because the alternative is so much worse. (laughs) Instead of looking to the future and thinking, okay, wait, if I just focused on this thing that I'm really amazing at, everything else could be so much easier. But nobody tells you that. No, they don't. (laughs) So I would love to hear your thoughts on... you. Probably already covered it a little bit, but what is your best piece of advice for anyone who's just starting out in business as an entrepreneur? Start with your zone of genius. Start with the thing that you love, the thing you're good at, the thing you're passionate about. And quite frankly, you're probably not even going to know what that thing is. So I really think that it's important that you, you know, you talk to someone. I have my clients write out a list of all of the things they've ever done for any job or in school. All of those experiences count. And then I get them to read off the list and I get them to explain to me each and every point. And you don't have to do this with a coach. You can do this with a friend or someone you trust. Have that person watch. When your facial expressions change, when your body language changes, when the way you talk about it changes, and it becomes this this brilliant light that shines out of you, that's when you found something that you actually really enjoy. And then it's a matter of how can I take what this thing is and make a business out of it? It's brilliant. (laughs) Thank you. It's important. It's an important piece of the puzzle. And again, nobody tells you, they'll tell you all the ways in which you can start your business, but they don't tell you what you should be starting with. I think people come in and they come generally through the virtual assistant route and you do all the things. And a lot of people say, don't do all the things. You got to focus, you got to niche, you got to specialize, which is great. But I also think sometimes you have to do those things to find out what things you like and what things you hate. (laughs) 
And so there's a lot of pressure to just go and find that one thing and find it right away. You might think you're really good at something and really passionate about something, and then you start doing it and it might change for you. So this isn't a hard and fast thing either. As you evolve, as you grow, as your business grows, you might grow too. And it's important that you not only do this exercise once, you do it multiple times. You have to check in with yourself every you know, six months or even if you're feeling like it's a struggle to get through the week, it's time to check in with yourself. Are you still operating in those places that you love? I think back to a story somebody told me once. She was a good friend of mine and she actually did her cup or she did our cupcakes for our wedding. And I really want to have cupcakes. And these were the most delicious cupcakes in the world. Like so good. And I kept telling her, like, why don't you go and open a business? Like you could make a killing selling these cupcakes. She actually said to me, it's because I love it. And if I do a business from it, I won't find the passion in it anymore. That can really speak to people who are are multi-passionate as well. So there is a bit of a balance there and trying to find what it is that you really are good at and you're passionate about, but isn't going to take away something from you and making sure that you know when it's time to pivot into something that maybe is more aligned. And it's totally okay to do that. Yeah. I have a story too, to share that you, you just made me think of. So my first team member is still with me. She was a virtual assistant and then we moved her into a creative virtual assistant role. So she did all of my social media and email marketing and like a million other things under the sun. And then when I decided that I was going to launch the podcast, she had mentioned earlier that she was really excited in learning about being a podcast manager. So I actually enrolled her in a program and She went through all the training and absolutely loved it. So she's been doing all of the podcast management. And she just told me a couple weeks ago that she's transitioning just to podcast management now, which is so exciting. And I am so excited for her, but it just shows like that was something that she always was interested in, but she didn't know if she would enjoy. So then once she got into it, she was like, yeah, this is my zone of genius. I really love this. And this is what I want to do. And I love that especially as a service provider, like there's so many different things that you can try out. Like if you are doing something right now that you really don't totally enjoy or love, there's always other things that you can learn and try out to find your zone of genius and what you really love to do. I just want to say something. I love that you gave her that opportunity and you got her into a program to help her. That is leadership. Like if anybody listening wants to know what leadership is, that's leadership. <laughs> it was like a no brainer. I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm launching this podcast. She's awesome. She, she's really interested in, and has mentioned it in the past. So I'm like, yeah, I'll just see if she's interested and then find the, the right course that she can take. But for so many people, it's not even a no brainer anymore. They're like, oh, well, this is your role and only your role. So you have to stick within this role. And Mm -hmm. that's not the way that it has to be. I think sometimes as leaders, we can feel a sense of loss when somebody moves from one role to another role. So we don't allow for them to try. But that's what leadership is, is allowing somebody to move and to figure out what it is that they actually want to do. And to give them that opportunity is amazing. So I really love that. I love that you did that for her. 
Yeah, I'm, I did say to her though that I'm I'm going to be so sad to because she's yeah. awesome at copy. Like I've always told her in the past that she's the extroverted version of myself. Like everything she writes, I'm like, yeah, that's what I would have said exactly. Like, but I'm really excited that she's found her zone of genius and that we can continue to work together with the podcast. So that's exciting when you can still work together. Yes. So I love this conversation. I definitely going to take that quiz too, because I'm very excited to learn at this point, what type of leader I actually am. And I would love for you to share with everyone, like where they can find you online or anything that you have to offer or where you want to direct them to. And we're going to have everything in the show notes. I am primarily on Instagram. It's the place I love to be. So you can find me at Instagram at robin.mcneil, M-A-C-N-E-I-L-L. And the rest can be found on my website, robinmcneil.com. And I know that you're going to link that freebie there. So that's the best way to get in touch with me. I really think it's important for people to hear what I have to say and to feel me out as a coach before you do any program with me. So those are the two places to start. I love that you said that because so many coaches don't. They're just like, yep, let's work together. I love that you know, you're building your own sustainable business too. And you want to work with people who are the right fit and are ready to go all in. Yeah. 100%. I don't want to push anybody to work with me. You should want to work with me because you do. Well, thank you so much for being on today. I've learned a lot and I know a lot of people are going to love this episode as well. Thank you so much for having me, Tara. Thank you so much for joining me today. This episode may have ended, but there are ways we can stay in touch until next time. You can join me at introvertpreneur.com and at theterrorread.com, where you can find tons of blog posts and resources that will also help you grow your business. And don't forget to follow me on Instagram at introvertcoach, where I share more introvert-friendly and service-based business tips with you. If you love what you're hearing, drop a five-star rating and review telling me what you are loving about the podcast so that I can continue to encourage as many introverted entrepreneurs as possible. Until next time, keep using your introvert superpowers.